Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. We are presented by our friends at Anchor Impact. Commodore Nation, get closer to Vanderbilt Athletics than ever before. With Anchor Impact, the official NIL collective for Vanderbilt University, gain access to unmatched exclusive coverage, be part of a one-of-a-kind community as an Anchor Impact member. You gain exclusive privileges and benefits of offering deeper engagement with student-athletes, coaches, staff, the entire Vanderbilt community, access behind-the-scenes content, exclusive events, unique merchandise, and personalized experiences, creating unparalleled connections with student-athletes. You also become a catalyst for change, redefining the landscape of college athletics, showcasing the potential impact of NIL on student-athlete lives. Join the mission of Anchor Impact to support student-athletes and elevate Vanderbilt athletics to new heights. Become a member today. Be part of this impactful journey. Help the Commodores thrive and contribute now by logging on to anchorimpact.com forward slash register. Basketball season brought to you by the Wash House. Are you dreading laundry days? It's stealing time to do the things that you truly enjoy. Let the laundry professionals at the Wash House take care of that for you with two convenient locations in the greater Nashville area. Just drop off your dirty laundry. Our professional attendants can give you back the one thing you can never have enough of. That is your time. Within 24 hours, pick up your nicely folded, fresh and clean laundry ready to be put away. Check them out at washhouse.com. Stop in today. Get your time back. Luke appears on the guest line, uh, being Luke White. Uh, For those of you watching, you know that. For those of you listening, you don't. That is pre- presented by friends at the Murfreesboro Pure Milk Company, a family-owned third-generation milk and ice cream distribution company located in Murfreesboro. A partnership began 50 years ago with Purity Dairy in Nashville to provide Purity milk, 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 and ice cream to consumers in Middle Tennessee. They now serve Southern Kentucky, Northern Alabama, Chattanooga, and North Georgia. Today, they supply grocery stores, convenience stores, others with Purity products as well as Mayfield, Nestle, and Haagen-Dazs Ice Cream. For more information, visit their website at mpmci.com. Ice cream. It's what we got. Homemade the, vanilla is still my favorite. That's where we are. That's the happiest podcast. It might be. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it's, it's that time of year. <laughs> It, it seems like it's been that time of year for about a decade now. Yeah. Well, you know, we always look for the positives, and I'm having a hard time finding them with basketball right now. Uh, of course, not the women. The women, I'm excited about them and what they're doing in their future. But, uh, you know, uh, the men's side of things, this was uh, – I don't know, Chris. You have to remind me. Last year, this was about the time they turned it around, and I had a good feeling that they could. But this year, there are no signs of that at all. Yeah. The season was almost irrelevant after November. They just dug themselves such a hole with the computer numbers. And, and again, my thing was, okay, that that is important, but – it was almost a sense that people were looking at, well, the computers have already ruled us out. I'm like, well, a little more complicated than that. Right. <laughs> Your inputs of, of points you scored and points you gave up uh, go into that, and that indicated they weren't a very good team. You throw in the injuries, and, and this is what you get. Yeah, but, you know, this is one time 
I've, I, you know, obviously in the last seven to 10 years, Vanderbilt basketball on both the men and women's side, I have a ton of injuries. Uh, this year, I don't blame it on the injuries. You know, you had the lead Dorch yeah. thrown in there as well. So you have absolutely no size around the rim, no rim protection. Um, and then Colin Smith's your second big, so to speak, who played the full ride. Yeah, that's, uh, does it hurt? Of course it does. Um, but I looked and I think to myself, okay, what's our record if those two kids were playing? Instead of five and 13, we may be seven and 11. So you're still yeah. where, near you, where you need to be. Uh, and, and, and I'm not even sure they would have made that difference in winning and losing. Uh, I, I, it, it just looks like, and I said it on the last podcast, Chris, uh, it's the Island of Misfit Toys. He has done a poor job of developing a roster, piecing a roster together. Uh, kids that were brought in to shoot the basketball can't shoot the basketball for whatever reason. Uh, and look, nobody misses a shot on purpose. I get it. No one wants to throw up a brick when you're wide open. And, you know, I, I don't know what Comateros and, uh, has done. I know uh, Taylor hit a couple the other day, but he's been a disappointment. There's just no scoring. Uh, it's though I don't know statistically, but I think it's probably one of the worst shooting basketball teams in Vanderbilt basketball in modern day history. Yeah. Five and 13, as we do this, Tennessee comes to town on Saturday. We'll get into that in the mailbag. Vanderbilt's got a 6% chance of winning that one. And then a 2% chance of winning Auburn the following game on the road. This according to Ken Pomeroy. Ken Palm has got them going two and sixteen in the SEC, seven and twenty-four overall. Missouri last week, Vanderbilt had a forty percent chance to beat Missouri. I think at home that's February the third. That is Vanderbilt's best chance of a win according to Ken Palm. That is now up to forty-three percent after last night. Missouri's got some injury issues of its own with John Tanjay, and I think there's one other player out. I can't remember who that is, but Missouri's been a team that's had some issues, but that's a team I've I've watched a lot. It plays hard. Uh, Had Texas A&M, could have won that game last night, got four guys with – five guys with four fouls and hung in there to the last minute. So I I think the recipe sometimes – to to pick up a win is maybe find a team that's disinterested. Maybe another week of Missouri losing two more conference games. It is 0-5. We'll provide that. But when I watch it, it's a team that's fighting. Arkansas on the road is another one I would circle February 27th. That's that's a team that's Yo, what's going on interested. Oh, that's that's got I don't know, but that's gotta be a mess. There's such a big disconnect between look, yeah. Vanderbilt might not even be the most underachieving team in the league this year. I agree. That might be Arkansas. I agree. So there's that. And then the LSU game at home on March the 2nd, 74 to 70 is the predicted score there with LSU winning. That'll be the Jordan Wright revenge game. Um, Handicapping that, Vanderbilt's got a 33% chance to win. Uh, Georgia at home on February 21st, 29%. So, Ken Palm has him predicted to lose them all individually, but the sum of the probability says that they'll they'll get somebody somewhere. And I, I think they probably will. 
Um, Missouri's my best guess, but I I don't know. I can't I can't really give you any confidence that they're going to win any one of these. They they could. I don't know. Well, Chris, the big- they'll get somebody by accident, right? The biggest thing that's disappointment to me and to all our fans, I'm sure, is even in the years that we're lean at Vanderbilt and you weren't a tournament team and you knew at this time of the year you weren't going to be at the NCAA team, you always had a home court advantage. Well, yeah. now that, that has become just like the football stadium or very similar to it. Uh, now, Saturday, we'll probably, you know, we always say it's the worst, it's the worst, you know, it's going to be bad. Saturday really could be the worst I've ever seen it against the Tennessee team because they're playing well. They now have an offensive team where in the past, when we beat them last year, they were still didn't have that consistent score. Well, they have that now in connect. So you've, you've got a a potential. If, if Vanderbilt comes out and plays the way they've been playing, not any better or not any worse, then you're looking at a hundred to 50 type game or 90. Uh, I mean, and, and in front of, Possibly four or five thousand Vandy and the rest Tennessee, and that's something. I, it's just it, that's the part that I think fan because it used to be when you went to Memorial Gym, you expected to win. It didn't matter who came in there. We've beaten very uh, many number one teams in there with mediocre teams, or teams that were NIT or bubble teams. This team doesn't give you any hope, and. Uh, I hate that for the kids, especially the ones that are busting their butts and still trying, like Ezra Magnon, and I'm sure there are others. But there's just no – there's uh, there's always going to be a six- to eight-minute stretch where they don't score. So you can't win a basketball game when you go that far. You know, a lot of everybody – I understand basketball is a game of runs, but our team is always going to have that big void and a chasm in the game yeah. where you get a 16-0 run. Or twelve zero run, you can't overcome that. Even good teams have a hard time coming back from that. I don't think they're going to lose by fifty. Right? I, mean, I think it'll be something along the lines of what the computers say. That's just not in Jerry Stackhouse's team's DNA. I mean, yeah, they, they got run off the floor by Alabama last year. They've been non-competitive, but I mean, that usually the the most they're going to lose a game by is twenty. I mean, that's where we are. Yeah. Well, they might get beat by 20 instead of 50. That's where we are. Well, and at some point, I do think this, you know, and he kind of hinted at it. I don't know if you listened to his post game the other night after Mississippi State. At some point, these kids, and I think they're already at that point, are saying, when are we going to win a game? Or we are we going to win a game? He brought that up. He said, and I told the kids, you're going to win some games. You just got to keep doing what we're doing. Trust the assist. Trust what we're doing. Well, at some point, they're going to look up and say, no, this isn't working. We're not working. You're not working. And then when that happens, and I hope it doesn't, for the kids' standpoint, when will they quit? You know, we talk about another team that they could beat that quits. There's going to be a point when this team breaks. Uh, and I never felt this way last year, Chris. You and I butted heads about it. And and I happened to be right, but. You were right. 100% agreement with you. And just about the consensus, there's signs of life. I've I've just not trusted this thing since it was built in the very beginning. There were reasons why 
I was told it wouldn't work. They were very solid reasons that I, I will. We're in the what I'm calling the rationing content phase of of the podcast, which I, I feel like we get to this point every year where there's nothing much left to say, and so you got to save some material for later. But I, I never thought this was going to work. I, I was kind of on my own island with that, but I had my reasons why. Some of which I could articulate, some of which I really couldn't. Um, but my explanation of why it wouldn't work has always been there. And, and it's just playing out to what I what I felt like would probably be the logical conclusion. Um, but this is this is what I hate. I'm seeing fans on our board saying, I'm I'm selling my tickets for the first time. I've I've never sold them to opposing fans. I can't find anybody that wants to go from Vanderbilt. I need a vacation or whatever. I'm, you know, I'm get hundred bucks a ticket. And I've even some people seen some people go further and say, man, I hate it, but I feel like what's needed for things to change is for embarrassment for Vanderbilt to lose the game by 60 points and for the gym to get overrun with 10,000 Tennessee fans. That's how desperate people are. And, and I don't blame them. You, you look at, this is what I keep trying to tell people. Well, surely stack's going to go at the end of the year. I'm like, well, you, are you based on information? Are you basing that on their history? Because if you base it on their history, history tells you whatever bar you think it needs to get to for change. It's probably lower. I mean, we're looking at an athletic director that what three years ago was going to retain a basketball coach should not, I don't think come close to having a winning season. The team quit in mid-February. I mean, how many teams just say, we're done, season's over? That wasn't enough to to cause change. If, if a team quitting, and, and women's basketball used to be the best program there. I mean, and, and, and I'm not saying anything you can't verify yourself, you or anybody listening. I'm just saying, I tend to look at it, okay, I know what common sense would tell you, but you have a long history of what they do. And I, I think right now, Candace Story Lee has got full control of athletics. Now, I, I think you got a chancellor that reserves the right to to pull the emergency break. And I, I'm getting I'm just getting more skeptical of him by the day. Well with inaction, with with incompetence, with all the things we're seeing. And we're gonna unpack this. I, I won't let all the stuff out of the bag. We're gonna we're gonna have an expanded discussion of this later. But based on the facts, the history, and the stuff I'm hearing, I don't think they're planning on making a move. Now, actions could force their hand, and I, I've got a source that said, hey, m- maybe it would be the appearance of that with, with 10,000 Tennessee fans in the building that would do it. But that that's where we are, and that's not fair to the kids. That's not fair to the assistant coaches. That's not fair to the fans who go. But that's the way it always has to get to DEFCON whatever with yep. Vanderbilt for anything to happen. And when, when you put everybody in that spot, that is a massive failure of leadership. When everybody's to the point where you have so little confidence that what needs to happen will happen, that you have to have a disaster that hurts everybody involved. That's awful. Uh, I, I agree with everything you said, Chris. And it, if you if you look at Vanderbilt, it's not just firing a coach has to get to DEFCOM 1. Yeah. It's facilities. It's moving forward with NIL. It's transfer portal the way we treat it. 
It's everything. We just wait until you have to, till the wolf's at the door. Well, the wolf's at the door. I got news for them. And if they don't care that Memorial turns into what the football stadium has turned into in the last five years, then it doesn't matter because if they don't care, and, and you know, and I hate to put it all on Daniel Deermeyer, but it has to be. Yes. It has to be. I, you know, I, I've seen too many, uh, except for Rory Kramer and David Williams with the combination of Gordon Gee. Everybody else has been my, that was my boss at Vanderbilt, Todd Turner, uh, Paul Houlihan, uh, name all, all, I don't want to go through all the other athletic directors. They were all looking to have some, uh, some mild success and move on. That's just what they were doing. They didn't, there's no loyalty to Vanderbilt from some of those folks. There's not a Al Moore like there was at Alabama who, woke up every day trying to figure out how to make Alabama better. Our athletic department doesn't wake up trying to see how better, how much better Vanderbilt can be in athletics. They wake up and say, uh, what can we do to make DEI better? What, I, what can we do to protect ourselves? That, yeah. that, is the, that is the motivating factor for everybody. And, and I'm sorry, I'm seeing patterns that I've seen before. Yes. And they, they, Vanderbilt knows exactly how to throw something out as a bone Oh, this this is coming. This is different this time. This is why. And then the clock ticks, and it's the same old Vandy. And then that expires, and they throw the next thing out. I'm I'm sorry. Maybe maybe Daniel Deermeyer is playing the long game in this. I I don't know. But but the longer this goes, it just feels like every other chancellor. And, and <clears throat> Chris, let me make myself clear. I'm not saying any of these things are fact. That yeah, I'm, and I'm not either. I'm just saying that this is what the, they give the appearance of. Yes. Interesting. You go into a job interview, and whether you wear a nice shirt or whether you walk in sloppy with your hair in a mess, it's just, right now their their hair is in a mess. They're coming to the job interview and they look like crap. Show well, us. I think they I think they forgot to put on their pants too. <laughs> I mean, just show us a reason. That is the the needle's moving in the correct if they're in the right direction. Don't tell me it's because we're finally doing something in facilities that we should have done twenty years ago. And and have you ever seen a facilities project that took longer than this one? No. Now I, I have six six years from when inception to to completion. That's that's ridiculous. It's the it's the wheels of that environment over there. I don't know whether yes. the diversity rather to bring the athletic department. Uh, but I, I do know this, those dorms went up pretty quick. Yeah. So, you know, and I know there's reasons. I know there's codes and this type of thing and getting things started. Uh, I just, again, prove me wrong. Make me come on here and say, well, they did it. They turned it around. And, and let's, give the, let's give them their flowers. But right Maybe now, this, maybe, hey, look, go, go ahead. I'm sorry. Right now, they don't deserve any flowers. They, they, they don't deserve – the kids deserve – and that's the problem. The kids deserve the support. Yes. It's not, yes. not their fault. It's really not. When well, I, and, and go, go ahead. I'm sorry. When I watch Ezra play and I watch a couple of those kids play and I see they're busting their butt and giving 100% knowing that every time – and I'll say I watch Ezra. He, he takes a lot of peaks at that scoreboard. 
And I've seen him shake his head a couple of times, like, okay, it's four minutes left. We're down 12. We're down 14. That kid, I love him. He's what they should be. Okay, Ezra, what can we do to make things better for you? And this Yes. Student? They're not. They're not it's doing selfish. It. It's selfish. It is all based on who is in power and how do you protect those people. They do not look out for the student athletes. I hate Ezra Mazan is one of the favorite kids I've ever covered there. Yeah. Love that guy. Hearts in the right place, represents the school. It is all going to waste. And it's all on leadership. Shame on them. That's all I can say. Shame on them. Look, you, you know how many things that I have just had in here that I, I know why this doesn't work. And once what, what you say something, you can't unsay it. And that's the thing that I always battle. This This thing has been way worse than people know. Way worse. Way worse. I mean, you can go back to a podcast I did with you, I don't know what, when I retired. And I basically. Oh, that, that's the one that I had to edit 20 minutes out of because I didn't think people could handle the truth. And I don't think they could have at that time. And, and maybe they can or can't now. And people said because it was right at that time, you know, I was worried about them thinking it was <sighs> Yeah. <great. clears throat> well, look, it's been five years now and I still feel the same way. Yeah. All I know is thank God for Tim Corbin and thank God for John Williamson. Because they're yeah, athletes we, we, they deserve. They're athletes we, they deserve. Yeah. I'm I'm excited. Uh, I'm starting to come out of the, the fog. I'm excited about baseball because I yeah. feel like I, I, I got into this because I wanted to cover sports and I wanted to cover kids. Sure. And what, what my job is now boiled down to is I cover the circus about – you know, if you want to go into the overlap of basketball season about nine months out of the year, and then I get three months to cover sports. Yeah. Circus doesn't do it enough justice. It is some sort of, I'm I'm just going to bite my tongue. Well, the, the time for biting our tongues are pretty much over with, and they can be as critical as they want to be of us. I don't care. Because I'm proof, gonna, proof is in the pudding. Yeah, I'll be there Saturday. I'll be yeah. there surrounded by Tennessee fans, and I'll guarantee you I will see Tennessee fans sitting in the seats of Vanderbilt Athletic Department employees. Yeah. All right. We we, we got <clears throat> there's there's a lot more to unpack. And again, this is the rationing content phase of the season where there's some things to be said that we probably just going to table to future episodes and there's there's a plan there i'm not gonna not gonna put it out there yet but football bunch of staff changes well and by the way we're getting to the mailbag in a minute and so we'll probably address some of it there but just give me your your thirty thousand foot um sure thoughts on the las cruces migration and, and all those things. Oh, I, I, I'm excited. I know I've seen some folks that felt both sides of the fence here that Clark's doing the right thing. You know, I think in the middle of last season, all we were talking about was uh, the offensive coordinator, the defensive coordinator have to go for sure. The offensive line coach has to go for sure. Well, okay. Well, he's done all of those things. He's made all the changes that I think most people wanted. Now I'm sure there may be a couple others that people have talked about that I've missed, but uh, we no no one's going to know whether this is going to work or not until sometime I would say in August we'll kind of be able to tell if there's a huge difference and I think there will be 
because I think we now are in a situation the way Alabama used to be with, uh, I'm not talking about wins and losses here, but when, when he would hire a Lane Kiffin and let Lane run the offense, you know, I love the fact that Clark's going to be calling the defensive plays. I know how smart Clark is. I've known him since he was a, at Vanderbilt. I know how he's an intelligent football coach. He's had to learn on the job and as being a head guy, he made some mistakes. Absolutely. Uh, will this translate into enough wins? We'll, we'll see. I think he's excited about it from what I've talked to him about. Of course, he, he should be. And uh, the other good thing, and I'll give credit where credit is due, there were a couple of those folks that we weren't sure we'd be able to pay them enough to come to Vanderbilt. Yeah. That so that's a good thing. You know, the one that, that really caught my eye was the Diego Paiva move. Mm-hmm. Because, hey, that, that's a kid that – Look, he, he threw for about a 3,000 yards and rushed for about 1,000 last year. Now, they played 15 games, so that was a little bit inflated, but you also saw what they did to Auburn. Yeah. They they owned Auburn that day. Yeah. Number one. And then number two, this is a kid that started out at JUCO. Um, that, That's not the kind of kid they can normally get in. I, I don't – I had a call in yesterday that, that never happened, Um, but – so I, I I can't go any further than that, but it, it it does make it does does make me wonder a little bit if some skids have been greased a little bit to make things a bit easier. I, I would because so. New Mexico State is not a not a not a tier one academic place either. No, it's not. It's not the Yale of the Southwest. No, no, it is not. L- let's say this. I, I, something else that I've noticed, and I think someone brought it up on the board. Um, it used to be <clears throat> before we could announce a coaching, uh, a coach that they had been vetted and mm-hmm. get a coach in. That's moved very fast, very quick. Yeah, I, I'm I'm glad of that. I, I'm sure with today's modern technology, you can vet someone quicker. Uh, so that's a good sign too. So I think there are some signs in football that they're saying, okay, what do we got to do? We got to we got to take a big giant swing, and if we miss on this, that's fine. But Let's do everything we can to try to get this back to some normalcy where we are competitive in football again. Yeah. All right, let's go to the mailbag. There, there's some questions in there on some things we've touched on and some things we haven't. So let's just hit that next. The mailbag is sponsored by our friends at Southern LaBelle. These guys have sponsored every show we have ever done. Thank you. Uh, yeah. No, Nobody else has stuck with us like that. Um through thick and or through thin and thin. Um, but family owned injury law firm. If you or a loved one has been hurt in an accident, give Taylor or Russell a call 615-846-6200. See what your rights are and if they can help. Guest line presented by John Levin and the Mater Nexus Government Contracts Group. Mater Nexus advises government contractors on all aspects of their needs with a proud focus on matching legal solutions to business news or business needs. They got their very own Chris Lee. He's probably better at his job than I am at mine. They got a ton of people. That that website is impressive. But anyway, if if you have a need for their services, they've been a, a friend of the show at a time when a lot of people haven't been. So we really appreciate our four sponsors and um, can't cannot thank all of you enough. Okay, the mailbag is all over the place. I think I'll, I'll just start out in order of, of the first question, which was DFW Mark. 
The new OL and running back coaches, that's offensive line, were announced very quickly after Blazic, the previous running back coach, left. Is this a new process in improving coaches that would usually take several weeks before a new hire was confirmed? Again, I had a I had a call scheduled yesterday where I probably would have gotten an answer to that, but that that really caught me off guard. Mm-hmm. I just thought, hey, I mean, you 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 didn't they, they had a coach where you didn't hardly knew there was a vacancy. Um, that that's that's not something we've seen. No, and, it, and that's that's a positive. It really is. Yeah. Okay. Um. Let's see. I think I'm going to stick topical to football and then go to the next things. Columbiano door, although it may seem crazy, any inkling they may see Berlowitz having a higher upside than Pavia and pushed him to commit first from his limited footage. He does seem like a better passer with the better arm. Look, Berlowitz's sample size at New Mexico State was was small. Yeah. And I haven't gone back and watched film. I think he took like 90 snaps a year ago. I don't know. I don't have enough information to ask the question, but that, that was kind of interesting. Well, I think, <clears throat> Chris, and, and you'll be out there, I'm sure. Uh, I'm, I'm looking very uh, forward to spring practice. Uh, and, and see these kids uh, with pads on and and see how they move about and what they're going to try to do offensively, uh, you know, and then getting to the – because you're going to have a totally different culture on that offensive side of the ball, totally different. It's going to be yeah. like a half team that's totally different. Uh, I'm excited about it. I've watched film on uh, Pavia and Berlowitz. I see what they're talking about, possibly the upside, yeah. but the position that they were playing, there's no way to tell. Is in the side. I'm really interested to see what they do with Nate Johnson. Nate Johnson was a top hundred recruit out of high school. Now I, I I have some questions about the passing, but the market for quarterbacks, man, it, they're they're guys pursuing these guys as you'd never think. I do think that their ability to land two guys like that was was kind of impressive. I, I wonder if they'll end up using Johnson in a utility role. I've got I got nothing to. Right, base that on, but he's he's a what a, is he a 10 300 meter guy? Yeah, I mean, I mean he's he, he's faster than Mike Wright, I think. I, I I might be wrong about that for some reason. That number's in my head, and so it, if I need to be corrected there, you know, feel free to point that out. But the, the kid can fly. I think the difference in he and Mike Wright, Mike was more just a straight ahead speed. This kid's got a little wiggle, okay, he miss. Uh, yeah, and he's and he's bigger than Mike, so. Okay, ML Doro 2, any feedback on Steiner? Uh, what do you expect to see change in the strength and conditioning program? Do you think our undersized edges like Capers, Diacate, Agu, and company will be encouraged to gain strength and weight this offseason? How do you think the change in running back rotation with what will essentially be a reset button on the depth chart? Uh, how that look? I, th- I think reading a, a, a word or two into the question that wasn't there. Anyway, that's – um. That's a lot. I'll let you handle it. Um, with the strength coach, I think you're going to see a lot. I don't know if anyone's gone over there to watch, and I don't know if Corbin allows people to watch the Omaha Challenge. Mm-hmm. Would you see more stuff like that from this strength staff, I think? More of uh, meat and potatoes, so to speak, if that makes sense to folks. Uh, and I just – I am probably more excited about the strength coach hire than any of them. 
But where did that go wrong? Because I've heard different sides to the story, and I, I'm not entirely sure what to believe. It did seem like there was a conflict in philosophy even b- before the season. Okay, here's what I would. Here's the way I would put it, Chris. All right, let's say you hire. Let's just take when you take, when you hire Billy Derrick, and you and you got most of your information on. Yeah, I've seen Billy, and he seems like a great guy, and this, and he's a hard worker. And then he, he comes to Vanderbilt, and he's not the person you thought he was. Okay. Okay, do you fire him right away, or do you give him the benefit of the doubt and say, okay, look, he's still a good strength coach. Let's just roll with it. And I think that's what we got caught in there. Yeah. I, I don't think that's the only case in which that happened last year. No, no. I think that's – you're right. You're right. And look, we all make mistakes, and you get one chance – and one chance only to correct them in this situation. So, yeah, a whole a whole lot of different things you're going to see out of uh, the football team this year. Yeah, I. Yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna hold my thought on that. Let's go to the next one. Uh, I I was interested to hear your answer though, um, because it, it's just yeah. Interested to see what that's going to look like. Uh, Denver Door, from an off-season perspective, what does the football off-season look like from now until spring practice? Is it just strength and conditioning? Any word on the differences between new and old strength and conditioning programs? Well, like I just said, it's more meat and potatoes. You're going to have the – I don't know if he's an early morning guy. Uh, a lot of times I, I look at the way Dwight Galt did it. Uh, you know, to me, early morning is the best time to get the kids up, get them going. That way they don't miss class. They got their day, their whole day in front of them because they're through with their workouts by 7 30, 8 o'clock in the morning. Uh, I've always been a big proponent of that. Uh, getting college kids to get up at five in the morning is tough. Uh, but it makes them it makes them tougher. Let's see. Go doors ninety-four. Thoughts on Jerry Kill and how he might help the program. Now let, let me let me give you my thoughts. I think that's a tremendous hire. You talk about programs that, that are t- – take Vanderbilt, but put it in a lower level. And that that's what Jerry Kill kind of turned around at New Mexico State. They had not had a winning season. I think New Mexico State had one or two winning seasons in the last 20 years. He went two for two. Beat Auburn. J- Jerry Kill has had a fantastic record considering the places he's coached. He's got a winning record between New Mexico State – Minnesota, and oh, a, a couple other places. I think he coaches some lower-level division uh, or NCA schools, not Division One schools. But he's got a winning record as a as a coach. I think by about sixty games. Well, J- Jerry Kill is is has been a master at taking operations that shouldn't work very well, and and not only doing okay, but but winning. And I, I think that I don't know what the secret sauce is there, but w- when they hired him, I was just thinking that is that is perfect. I spoke to the equipment manager who was with him uh, at Minnesota, and he told me he said, "Look, I know it's an overused term, but what Jerry Kill is is a grinder, mm-hmm. and he grinds on those kids, but he loves on them at the same time, and he gets them to run through a brick wall for him. That old the the old school type stuff." which I think was sorely needed on Clark's staff. And I know Clark in the past, Clark, your staff needs to get older and wiser. 
and I'm not being critical of who the guys are here. That's going to play itself out, but you got to get some more veterans on the staff. And I was excited to see that they didn't let finances get in the way of hiring Jerry Keel because yeah. I was thinking point. And I, I'm as excited as that almost as much as the strength coach. Pessimistic, Dory. Any concerns the football team's idea to win in the SEC is to absorb a Conference USA team? I, I will hit that with a couple things, and I'll let you answer. There, there's part of me that goes, okay, you can't bring in a bunch of New Mexico State's staff and expect to compete in the SEC. At the other time, it's it's a unique thing. This is a, a bunch of guys that have had experience in turning around a near-impossible situation. Um, so those to me, those are the the borders of the of the painting. I, I think they tried to go after what is it, Joe Brady at um what's the guy offense Joe Sloan, excuse me. Joe Sloan. Joe Sloan at LSU. I think eventually Brian Kelly, from what I heard, said, Hey, look, you you're gonna have better opportunities in Vanderbilt. And, and by the way, he's now LSU's offensive coordinator after Mike Dimbach left. <laughs> so I, I think it was always gonna be hard for them in the spot they were in to to get somebody like that. I, I guess you can always write a check big enough, but if you think an opportunity is coming, and, and the word I hear is Joe Sloan may have a chance to get the ECU head coaching job in a year, do you want to do something that, that potentially damages your brand? And, and face it, everybody's going to look at Vanderbilt as a risk, and, and rightfully so. I think under the circumstances, they did okay. If you're going to try to moneyball it in the SEC, my term, not anybody else's. I think that starting with the Jerry Kill and having him help you, because he would know better than anybody. All right, who were the who are the guys worth bringing over here from that operation? Uh, you you could do a lot worse than what they did, is my opinion. Well, mine's simple. You look at the W's and the L's. Yeah, this is not a Conference USA team that went four and eight. This is a, a program that was successful and beat an SEC team. When well, Vanderbilt didn't beat. Yeah, not, exactly. I and mean, we, we played them and basically lost by the same margin they beat them by. So, you know, if, if it was a team that was lackluster in their league, I'd have some concerns. But these coaches have been successful. And like you said, and if, if you look at the, the history of New Mexico State, they haven't won many football games until these guys got there. I like this question, and you, you'll have a better answer to this than I will. NBA door, it's starting to seem like there are two different coaching staffs, Hill in the offense versus Clark in the defense, with Clark as a figurehead over the whole program. Do you foresee any clashes among the factions, or are there factions? Well, if you look at the most successful programs around the country, I think that's the case. The head coach is the CEO. Yeah, he has a specialty. He's either what they want to pigeonhole as an offensive coach or a defensive coach. To me, the head coach, he has to worry about everything other than offense and defense. Now, Clark's situation is more like what Woody's was when he was here. If you remember how good our defense was when Woody called the plays and then how it it faded out in Herb Patera, whenever Woody said, I'm not going to call the plays anymore, I'm bringing in my buddy Herb. Herb was great at practice, but the game itself was too fast for him. So the defense took a step back. I think Clark being his own defensive coordinator is a great thing. And uh, yeah. we'll find out because he's got a year really to prove it. I mean, if we if we go 210 and there's not any signs of improvement, 
then yeah, it's probably pretty much over with. But I don't think that's going to be the case. I think we're going to have some success. Not not necessarily go to a bowl or anything like that, but not be down 21 points going into the fourth quarter against everybody. Lone Star VU with Pavia being an upper-class undergrad, any change in the admissions policy for upper-class transfers? I, I don't have a good answer. That, no. That's something I think we can find out. But that, that one, again, that one happened so quickly. Yeah. Um, they caught me by surprise. I, I did not expect to see that one. Well, I, I will say this. I, I, don't, I think we'll see more changes after spring ball. I think you're going to see more exits from Vanderbilt. And I think you'll see more uh, kids picked up from the Commodores. I think I don't think this is done yet. I don't think our roster's set yet. Okay, let's switch to, to basketball. DFW Mark, any idea what would register more with Daniel Deermeyer, empty seats, or ones being occupied? by opposing fans. Now, look, that, that was a great question. I, I Because I, I thought I don't have an answer to it. I asked a good source of mine what what he thought on, on that. Had an interesting answer. I'll, I'll find it in my, my text messages here. But I want to give you first crack and get your opinion. Well, I think it's already happened. I, I think Daniel's a smart man. He sees <laughs> what's going on in Memorial Gym and in that football stadium. Uh the question is, is he willing to do what it takes to fix it? Whether that's uh, cleaning out the athletic department or having new leadership in the athletic department or something to do that he has to work through with the board of trust. I, I think that's already, I think that ship sailed. I don't think no matter how many Tennessee fans are there Saturday, which is going to be 80% and same thing with Kentucky. I don't think that's going to factor in at all. I think he already knows what needs to be done. All right, I'm I'm going to read you the response I got from somebody, uh, and it was this: basically, if if that happens, it's on the athletic director, or, or it said AD. I don't know if that meant the athletic director, athletic department. It could be either one. It should never deteriorate to that kind of level. Getting beat with the fifty-fifty crowd is common in football, so people have already accepted that as a norm. But getting outnumbered, say, 10,000 to 5,000, I don't know that that gym will be sold out, but I wouldn't be shocked if there's 10,000 Tennessee fans there. And your own gym is embarrassing and how they look matters. So, again, this is this is where we are. And I hate it because it's not fair to anybody. It almost has to get so bad that it shocks even Vanderbilt. Yeah, I think it's already out. I think the, the, hay, the hay is in the barn on it. I think they already know how bad it is. And, you know, it was bad. Even when we won last year, there was still, what, eight, seven or 8,000 Tennessee fans in there when we won last year. We just happened to win the game, so people kind of overlooked that. The student section helps a lot because they're loud, and if you're in the game like we were last year. But where it looks really bad is when the team is blowing you out. Like the Alabama game last year in here. Yeah, I was there for that one. Yeah, you know, you know how loud it got in there with Alabama fans. That's never yeah. happened life until that year last year it used to be like you, you would go to the kentucky or tennessee game. well no tennessee was good and when tennessee wasn't good I'd, i've been in that building where there weren't 50 tennessee fans in there right, right when tennessee was good it could get guy in kentucky would always get people in the building because they'll you know they'll put out a second mortgage on the house and take <laughs> money out of kids college funds to show up but <laughs> Even then, it was like, you know, like if you got a couple thousand, I don't know, Kentucky might put three in the building. 
when it was really rolling for them and, and rolling for Vanderbilt. But it, it 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 never it never for people that are younger it never got anything. And you you'll see more. I don't know. Fans from random other teams. Some of that's just Nashville. There's more alums moving here now, but it's just not. For those of you who didn't live through it, an athletic director certainly lived through what we're talking about. She should know better than anybody. Um, I think the younger group is probably just used to everything being taken over. But l- let me tell you, it wasn't anything close to like that no. before, if, if you didn't see it. So, um, yeah, that was a the question there. Let's see. There's some more basketball. Oh, uh, go doors 94. Where is stack coaching next season? Uh, not at Vanderbilt. That's all I'll say. I don't have any idea where it will be. Based on feeling or based on information? Both. Okay. Can you elaborate or do you need to keep that? I can't tell you who told me what I wanted to hear. And I'm hoping that's not what it was. Uh, I haven't pressed the subject. That, that inf- information was volunteered to me. Interesting. Uh, yeah. I, I just can't. Uh, I mean, look, that's unless there's a miracle happens here and they do something similar to what they did last year. And again, I don't think that is going to happen. I wish it would happen for those kids, but I don't see it happening. So that's the reason why I'm basing that he's going to be gone too. I don't think I, it, unless Daniel Deermeyer has been lying to us all, he's not going to put up with that. They're going to buy Jerry Stackhouse out and he's going to be gone. What's the price tag? I think it's eight to 10 mil. I've heard 8 million, whether that's accurate or not. I don't know, but that's what I've been told. Okay. Uh, Midge's VU during Stackhouse's era, the number of injuries are seemingly way above just guessing here. What other, if not all, Power 5 schools endure to the point of being ridiculous? Are these players who have been difference makers throughout his – it said, and these are players who have been difference makers throughout his tenure. Any thoughts on whether it's simply bad luck, bad mojo, lack of awareness during practices of the possibility of players getting injured based on how they practice? That list could go on for a while. I mean, just this year alone, the best inside-outside player and a solid rebounder, Colin Smith, only played a few games. It was done for the year. And this occurs year in and year out. Is this a question you guys have any insight on in regards to the injuries or probably just doesn't need to be directed to the psychologist level individuals, which I know you all are one at heart. (laughs) Uh, And thanks us for what we're doing. So I'll take this a little bit, Chris, if I can. I worked hand in hand with our head athletic trainer, Tom Boston, for years. And I've learned this. Obviously, like, for instance, let's go back to the Darius Garland injury. That can't be helped when it's a, when it's an ACL or something like that, that has nothing to do with what you're doing. Uh, it's just bad luck. The soft tissue stuff is where you get where our kids doing what they're supposed to do. Uh, are they eating what they're supposed to eat? Are they hydrating the way they're supposed to? So some of that can fall on the kid when you get pulled hamstrings and cramps and all that junk. So I think there is where you can, if you want to, blame anybody you can say okay the training staff needs to do it and the strength staff need to do a better job of monitoring what this kid's doing when he's away from yeah. the court that's that's all you can say to that there's you know uh, 
it's just, and, and the other thing that's been horrible for Vanderbilt, it hasn't been the guy that's the 13th guy on the team getting hurt. It's been the stars or yeah. at least harder that's been getting hurt and missing seasons and games. Yeah. To, to be fair, they've had a run of bad luck that predates Jerry Stackhouse. Even goes back to Kevin Stallings. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you want to go back to Matthew Fisher Davis. But I, I have two things. I, I think – and I haven't fleshed it out enough to to know to to offer a fair opinion. I'll just say there were some concerns about workload uh, right around the time Lawrence got hurt. I don't know if that's just there was something to it that there was grasping for straws. If it was somebody with an axe to grind, I, I'm not. I guess that's a long winded way of saying I don't. I can't offer you an answer with certainty that I feel comfortable putting my my stamp on. I will say this, this is a guy that the common denominator with Jerry Stackhouse is he does things his way, and the people that gain power and influence there are the ones that parrot what he thinks, and the ones that have a different idea about doing things are the ones that that find themselves out of a job the next year or leaving out of frustration. So I don't know. Jerry is used to the NBA. Jerry's never been a college assistant anywhere. That's what he knows. And look, that's that's true of all of us. We all bring our own experiences to things, and we don't know what we don't know. And I, I don't know if somebody's trying to tell him, hey, this is what you try to do in college. It's different. But from what I've heard, if that advice were ever offered to him, uh, he, he is not, throughout his career at Vanderbilt, been of a, a mind to hear it. I, I I don't know if that's fair or not, but that's the background I've got. No comment. That's good. Okay. Yeah, we're good. We're done. That's it? I think that's it, unless you've got something. No questions about Woody Woodenhofer or anything? <laughs> Maybe next mailbag. <laughs> well, I, I, well, I'd like to close with this on my end. Um, uh, I know you. I know everyone's frustrated, and rightfully so. Uh, I get everything that's out there, but two things that I would encourage everybody to do is if you if you if you have tickets for Saturday, show up and wear black and gold. The kids deserve it, and and if you want to boo Jerry Stackhouse when he's announced, that's fine. But show up and support the kids because uh, there's going to be a bunch of them in there against them, and that's 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 a shame. Yeah. It, it, I, it is. And that's the thing. I think the times you see me get angry with them. I know how hard the kids work. I know how hard the coaches work. I know how much the fans care and sacrifice to be there. And I think to see people continually putting their own agendas and their, their lack of being willing to do what it takes to be done in terms of just work ethic, work hours and philosophy. It upsets me. Yeah. I mean, to say this is, it's not a victimless crime. That's, that's harder language than I meant, but I use it to get the point across. And, and it just, I, I've seen this working in higher. It, it upsets me when you see people that know how to get and hold on to power, hold on to it, line their pockets, and and everything that they touch around them is worse off because of it. I'm not speaking about one person. 
I mean, you can you can probably connect the dots with a few people, but that that just seems like the administrative way at Vanderbilt for a while. And, and I recognize it because I was once in that industry. I lived through it. I've seen how this is done and how people put it together. And, and it irritates me because you got kids out there that are working hard. You got coaches that are trying to form careers. And it just feels like the agendas of certain people and the publicity the school wants to get have been placed at a level that's way more important than the people that they're that are served. You get into higher ed to serve people and not serve yourself. Yes. And I, I see more people serving themselves than I see them helping the people they're supposed to help. And and, and if you want to know why it, it upsets me at times, that, that is it. And again, I, I've lived it. I've seen it. I've seen the tricks. I've seen how people put it together. And it, it's just not fair to the people who are trying to achieve, whose achievements get wiped out by by other things. Um, I I, I want to add to that a little bit if I can, Chris, before we go out there. I I lived it too, and I lived it in the locker room and after football games, and I've been in dugouts after baseball games and basketball. When I watch a player at Vanderbilt who's worked his butt off, done everything he can for that school and for the, the, the name on the front of his jersey, sit in a shower in full body cramps for 30 minutes after a football game uh, and not have the joy of winning or having a chance to win because of some administrator who don't give a you-know-what, yeah, that kind of stuff really bothers you. And that's what yeah. I meant being there. It, it has nothing to do with – the administration and the people I worked with, I, there was a lot of good people at Vanderbilt. Don't get me wrong, but it's those kids. I still to this day keep in touch with people all the way back to the 70s. And mm-hmm. uh, that's that's why it hurts so much from my standpoint. And it does. It hurts. I'm not ashamed to say it. It, it, it hurts. Yeah, and we'll, we'll unpack that more in, in the coming weeks. I've got some more thoughts, but Yeah. With that, we'll end the the show today. Thank you for those watching and listening. Thank you to our sponsors. He's Luke White. I'm Chris Lee. This has been the Fandy Sports Podcast, part of the 440 Sports Network.